Welcome to the Brand Led Podcast. We're your hosts, Kane Baker and Lisa Dondreo, co-founders of the branding studio, Baker Creative. We're on a mission to help you gain clarity in your brand and fulfillment in your work life. From strategy to visuals and beyond, we're arming you with bite-sized branding insights to help you build and grow a brand-led business. Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of Brand Led, where we share practical branding tips and insights to help you guys, service-based business owners, attract high-value clients. Now, today we're going to be talking about three surefire ways that you guys can adopt to stand out in a competitive market. And joining me today, as always, is Lisa. How are you doing? I am wonderful. <laughs> That's good to hear. Are you excited for today's episode? I am. Actually, this is a, a, a blog post that I wrote uh, a while ago now, and we thought we'd update it for the podcast. It's a mm. little bit different. Um, I think it was a little bit longer with the blog. Um, but basically, we found that you know, if you're working in a competitive space, it can feel really challenging to get noticed by your ideal clients. A lot of people feel like, oh, I'm just like one of many and you know, everyone's doing the same thing as me. And so it can get hard, it can be hard to be seen, especially in the beginning stages of your business. So, you know, today we wanted to share some practical tips for standing out from a branding perspective. Mm. And I think a lot of advice out there for standing out is just by getting more eyeballs on your stuff. Yeah. Um, it's about, you know, that reach and volume. Um, but I guess we're approaching this topic through a bit of a different, a branding lens. So we're not focused on getting more visitors or attention, but instead creating a message or becoming known for something specific that people can remember easily and share. So it's, it's really about quality, not quantity. Yes, exactly. Okay, cool. So let's get into it. Um, Lisa, what's you know tip number one for standing out? Yeah, so we've talked about this before, but tip number one is to narrow your playing field. If you do everything for everyone, you have way more competition mm. than if you specialize. So as an example, let's just say today I'm going to be a hairdresser. And, uh, you know, if I'm a hairdresser, I can cut kids' hair, I can cut adults' hair, I can cut men's, women's, I can style, I can color, I can literally do everything related to hair, right? Um, But that means I'm also in competition with literally every other hairdresser, um, which is not a good thing. So if I decided to serve a more specific audience or to solve a specific problem, like I might say, oh, I'm only going to do women's coloring or I'm only going to do kids cuts um, or only specialize in seniors' haircuts in their own homes, um, you know, I'm immediately cutting out a significant number of my competitors. Yeah. And I suppose when you do this, you also become, you know, way more relevant to your ideal customer as well. You know, if all you do is kids cuts, then <laughs> I feel like that's a good, good name for it. It's just kids, kids cuts. cuts. I'm yeah. sure it exists. Good um, then you'll, you know, you compile more proof of working with kids and yeah. you're more likely to get referrals from parents. Um, you know, you can cater all your copy and all your marketing to address the needs of this very specific group. Um, and you can also develop, you know, a really nice experience that caters to kids and parents as well. So um, you're becoming a lot more relevant. So I think the big mistake that people make with this idea is they make their niche just way too abstract or vague in their messaging. Um, So it's really important to make sure that you have a problem or an identifier that your audience can say, oh yeah, that's that's me or that's not for me. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think we have talked about this I guess a number of times, you know, it's a big part of branding. Mm. Um, but you do want to be able to say to a random person on the street, hey, my name's X. Do you know any X without giving them a blank look, right? So yeah. hairdressers in this case. So yeah. do you know any um, 
I don't know, tailors or, or whatever, whatever the profession is. Yes. You know, if you say something more obscure, like, hey, Kane, do you know any um, purpose-driven men or women who are really ready to shine or something <laughs> like that? You know, it's hard for people to identify with and understand who you work with. So it's really mm. important to to get that um, that category that you serve really um, specific and not abstract or vague. Mm. Yeah, well put. That So that's tip number one. If you're in a competitive industry, you know, narrow that playing field by focusing on serving a specific audience with a specific problem or desire. And this is not only going to eliminate a huge portion of your competitors naturally, but also it's going to make you hyper relevant to the specific people that you want to ter- target. Yes. And as a bonus, it will make choosing your marketing mediums and creating content so much Mm. easier as well, because you've really got that laser focus of who you're serving. Yes, that is a good point. So how about tip number two? What have we got up next? So the second tip is to make yourself distinctive. And, you know, there's a lot of people out there that we know that are vying for your audience's attention. So to cut through, you want to show up a little bit differently to everybody else. And this might be through your visuals or your name or your voice or even your overall brand message as well. So I guess you could, yeah, you could do this from a visual standpoint. You know, you'd be looking to create distinctive assets that become associated with your brand. And this could be, you know, things like the overall style, the colors and fonts that you're choosing, the patterns supporting graphics you're using, and as well, obviously, the logo, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, as an example, if all of your competitors are using soft and muted tones, you might decide to go bright instead. Or if everyone's, you know, using blues and greens, you might decide to choose, I don't know, orange. If it's appropriate, that is, yes. Yes. (laughs) Um, And I suppose the same goes for the words that you're using too. You know, how can you add some personality to the way that you write in a way that's different to other people in your industry? You know, if everyone else's copy is being really serious and corporate, what if you made yours a little bit more fun and playful? Um, and likewise with your message, you know, mm. um, and, you know, in all of these instances, this has to be appropriate for your audience, as you said. So has to be, um, you know, in line with that brand strategy, in line with your personality and your positioning. So you don't want to just do the opposite just to be different. <laughs> yeah. um, but wherever you can, you want to look for opportunities to really zig when others zag, as Muddy you might say. Yes, good reference. Famous <laughs> reference. Um, great book as well. Hmm, um, is. <laughs> what is it called? Zag, right? Yeah. So that was tip number two. Be distinctive through, you know, those things, visuals, your voice and your message. Um, and finally, let's talk about tip number three. What have you got in store for us here, Liz? The last tip is to surprise and delight. Ooh. So you're really likely to remember a customer service experience when it's surprisingly good or it's surprisingly bad. <laughs> yeah, you've got a few of those to talk about. Oh, it might have been lately. surprisingly bad lately. Oh my goodness. <laughs> but we'll get to that. <laughs> yes. Um, so middle of the road kind of st- table stakes service is probably not going to stick in your mind long enough for you to tell anyone about it really, right? Mm. And yes, I've had a few underwhelming experiences with customer service lately, um, things that could have easily been avoided. And it's unlikely that I'm going to go back to those places anytime soon and nor will I be telling other people to go there. <laughs> Definitely not. Um, but, you know, when I have a really positive experience or a really surprising experience with a company, I'm going to tell people about that too. So, you know, at a minimum, you expect things like quality and service to be good. Um, and if something does go wrong, that's a really key opportunity to surprise and delight your customers. 
Um, but I think often it's that surprise factor of being able to maybe grant your customer special requests or, you know, something in that vein or just something really unusual that happens in the process or, you know, that's, that's going to get you a recommendation or a referral. Or over-delivering or adding extra value, you know, that wasn't kind of outlined. Yes, exactly. So, um, as an example, a small example, we get, you know, um, local fruit and veg delivered every week. And sometimes they throw in an extra like unusual vegetable or fruit to try. <laughs> um, a couple of weeks ago, I got a really weird looking pear. Um, <laughs> what was, yeah, what was that strange fruit? Like a cross between a kale and Brussels sprout? Oh, yeah, sprout? a kalet or like yeah. I think I had to Google it. Like a dip. <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, I never would have chosen these things myself, but it's fun to try and it's novel and it's interesting. And, um, you know, I told my mom about it and now she's getting it. So <laughs> it's just like, you know, those um, small little things that can sometimes delight. Um, you know, another example is, you know, in our old neighborhood, our um, local barista would always remember our name and our order. And that just always makes you feel special and acknowledged, right? Mm, yeah, 100%. I think a lot of, I, they, yeah. You know, since moved to the business down the road and they still remember our name, obviously. Yeah, um, exactly. But Which, I was surprised because it had been two to three years and they're like, oh, hey, Kane, how are you going? Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, what? <laughs> That's good customer service. Yeah, it just makes you feel special. But, you know, we switched to another coffee shop and, you know, they can they don't remember our order. It's just those little things that you remember and makes you want to go back to them. Um, you know, uh, I recently as well heard a story about a customer who had complained about the packaging for a product that was leaking. I think it was like a face wash or something. Okay, and I don't not- think you've shared this with me. <laughs> and, you know, not only did the customer service team send her a replacement, but months later they actually re-engineered the whole bottle <laughs> oh and they God. sent her a whole nother bottle just to get her to try out the new That's improved pretty, packaging, right? So Hopefully actually- they're not doing that for every single <laughs> <laughs> every single customer. Well, it's those little things that just make you feel like special and acknowledged and heard. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, what makes a delightful experience. It doesn't need to be a really grand gesture, I suppose, for that company. If it's a, quite mm. a big company, you know, replacing a bottle doesn't really, you know, cost them a whole lot of money. But for that person, they're going to be an advocate. All right. Great. So that's tip number three. So how about we just recap, um, you know, these tips for standing out, even when you're in a competitive space. Um, before we wrap up the episode. So yes. maybe you can quiz me here and make sure I got it right. All right, so Kane, what's tip number one? <laughs> tip number one, I believe I've got down here, it's to become known for something specific. Yes. Correct? Yes. So when you become known for something specific, you reduce your competition and become really hyper-relevant to those ideal clients. Yep. Um, you're really focusing on solving a specific problem for a specific group of people. So Kids hairdressers, yes. Yes, that's very helpful. Um eliminating that competition okay cool. what's, right. the, what's so, tip number two <laughs> tip number two so i've got create distinctive brand assets that become associated with your business yes uh, basically you're just trying to create contrast here so these could be visual they could be verbal um, sometimes they could even be sound or scent based yeah. um, but you're really looking for opportunities to do things a little differently than everyone else in your industry um, as long as they're appropriate um, and this is going to help you both grab attention and stick in people's minds. Mm. So the last one here, tip number three was to surprise and delight. So you can do a great job for someone, but that doesn't make it particularly noteworthy or shareable. Yes. And when things go wrong as well, you know, how can you make that an opportunity to delight someone or how can you give people a fun story or an experience to share? They're like just Around wow the water cooler. Or at work the next yeah, week. Yeah. Something crazy happened to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome, guys. Well, thanks so much for listening to today's episode. We're going to leave it there today. 
Um, and if you're enjoying this podcast, you know, we'd love it and would be so appreciative if you could take a minute to leave us a rating and review in the podcast app. But until then, we'll see you next week. We'll see you next week.